Yes, who would like to testify and give glory to God? Who would like to go first? Mother, may I? Yeah, go ahead. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness, for your love, for your mercy, which is new every morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the energy that you give me every morning. Try to, to last right through the day because you are the strength of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for watching over my finances and all my investments. Thank you, Jesus, for sending destiny helpers for me and my family. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Yes, anyone else? Vivek, I'd like to give praise and thanks and glory to the Lord just for the power of his word. And I'd like to give him thanks. I've been praying for somebody who was convicted of a crime and I know that they didn't do it. And the person who accused him was sentenced this week with perjury. And so I praise and thank you, Lord, in advance for his conviction now going on to be overturned. And I praise and I thank you, Lord, for that. Well, I just, I just can't believe the miracles that the Lord has has gone ahead of us in this. I praise and thank the Lord also for the two job offers that one of my sons has been given, and I, and I, ask the Holy Spirit to guide him on which one the Holy Spirit wants him to, to choose, and we give glory to God just for the very breath that we have, and for every grace and blessing for this prayer group for Sister Janella tonight doing the PowerPoint. For all the prayer warriors, as you said, Brother Vivek, it's just amazing that we all just can go to Mass and whatever prayers we're saying during the day and praise and worship, that we bring everyone in the prayer group into our Masses and prayers. We'd just like to give glory to God because he's so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, anyone else would like to testify and give glory to God? Brother Vivek, I'll go next. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. please go. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life, for all the blessings that you bestow upon uh, me and my family. Thank you, Jesus, for being my provider, a provider, and providing us with all we need, even more than we can ask or imagine. Thank you, Jesus, for the week gone by and for your presence and protection that was with me and my family. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunities that you give us in our community and in the work in our workplaces. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing my mom safely to Australia. And thank you for all the destiny helpers that came to her assistance during her travel. Thank you, Jesus, for our, all the blessings, for blessing us with this wonderful prayer group and all our prayer ministries. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, anyone else who would like to testify? I would say I bring the testimony to that. Yeah, yes, sister. I would thank the Lord for the week gone by, for the blessed week gone by. Um, thank the Lord for all the teachings. For every day is a beautiful. It is 
rather I'm waiting for the time that I would get up, that I would be in the presence of the Lord. Um, as I see him drawing me closer and closer, it is the thirst for him just increases as we are coming to the truth day by day. As we are, as it, the truth is opening my eyes, um, I can you can feel him his presence drawing me more and more. The thirst increasing, the hunger to know it more, to it it um it only increases. So I want to like thank the Lord for all the teachings, for all, for all the morning encounters, for the daily teachings. And the one thing where what touched me, brother, that that replay, repent, revoke, replace. It has really made me reflect more and more this week. So to, to me, it was like when we repent, when we acknowledge our mistakes, the first thing is we don't judge others. We humble ourselves. And so the prayer becomes, whatever prayer we make then becomes more effective. So really thank the Lord for all the teachings, brother, for his presence, for his spirit. Every day, every minute, he's with me, guiding me, leading me, taking me, giving me scriptures, revealing me. I thank you, brother. And I, I haven't read the whole Bible as yet, brother. I haven't finished it. I haven't completed my Bible as yet. But now I have started reading the brother Bible with the revelations. So because before, if you would have read it, it would be like Greek and Latin to me. But now after I am reading the Bible, started reading it, this chapters. After getting the revelations, it is really be more beautiful to read the Bible. Yes, thank the Lord. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Jane. Thank you, Jesus. Powerful testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, anyone else who would like to testify? Brother, I would like to go next. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I would like to testify and give glory and thanks to God for all his blessings upon my life and uh, for everything he continues to do for me every day, for me and my family, for answering all our prayers, no matter how little it may be, you know, for the minutest things in our everyday life. Uh, I give glory and thanks to God. Um, and I... I just want to thank God for, you know, the daily struggles we go through and uh, whenever we call upon him and say, Jesus, just get me through this. Please help me. Uh, he's there. And uh, like our sister just testified, the revelations are in his scriptures. So it becomes easier to communicate and understand when the Holy Spirit is guiding you. And I thank, I'm grateful for this group because there's so much that I've learned and from the morning encounters, um, you know, a deeper insight into how to get closer to God and build a better relationship um, and guide us in a better way to pray because I feel my prayer life has changed drastically and uh, it's easier to understand God's ways and to be more patient and trust that he is he is almighty, he is the creator. And no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what the situation may be, may look like, he is in control. And uh, I've had some recent struggles where I was 
I was really um, upset and disturbed. But uh, as soon as I gave it to the Lord, uh, he, I felt calm. Before that, I was, and then I, I was all over the place. And I realized, I said, why am I freaking out? You know, Jesus is in control. And uh, it's only God who can do everything. I may not have any control in this situation, but God does. And as soon as I let go, I surrendered and submitted. And I also raised that person up to God. Everything settled down. So I'd like to give thanks and glory to God. And, and like you sang in the hymn, there is, it's never enough that we thank him every day. Never enough. So all glory and praise to God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Thank you. If you can't pray, best thing is to praise Him. Always praise Him. Just forget what you're praying for. Just continue praising Him. And your praise is the answer, actually. So that's that's the answer. To There's so many testimonies in that area. People have just forgotten their need and just praised God so much that they've just seen the answer just coming chasing them. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, anyone else would like to test? Give glory to God. All praise and glory to our Lord Jesus, brother. Yes, Thank you. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for your powerful teachings, prayers, miracles, and testimonies on this group, and especially from the current series, and also from the way the Holy Spirit amazingly connects the teachings with Brother Savio's reflections and the morning praying tongues also. Thank you, Jesus. And this week, two people asked for prayers for difficult situations. And I had just read the reflection and prayer starter on storms of life from Mark 4, 35 to 39. And especially verse 39, which is the calming of the storm. We're in the New Jerusalem, it says, They woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care? We are lost. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet now, be calm. And the wind dropped and they followed a great calm. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I then forwarded these teachings and explained that Almighty God has given us the spiritual authority to command and rebuke all evil storms in our life in the name of Jesus, never to return again, just as Brother Saviour explained. And I encourage them to call on restoration in that area. In Jesus' name, amen. And I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, that a few days later, both had peace and calm in those situations, and all for the glory and praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Jesus. Praise our Lord. Thank you. Thank you, brother. God bless you all. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I can go next, Brother Vivek. Yes, 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 Thank you, God, um, for this gift of life and this opportunity uh, to praise and thank you, honor you, glorify you, and worship you. Uh, I also thank you for this opportunity uh, where I can openly proclaim what a wonderful and amazing God you are. So faithful, even when I'm not, and who gives us gives me endless mercy and grace even when I don't deserve it so 
the journey, uh, as you all know, has been not yesterday, today. It's it's an ongoing journey. It's been a few years. But before I started reading the Bible regularly and starting and, and starting to understand uh, God more at a, on a more deeper level, um, I always found life very empty and, and totally devoid of direction. Um, there was always like the search for more meaning, more purpose, uh, trying to fill all the voids by watching TV, what, you know, like social media, whatever, whatever. It used to always be, um, you know, how can I plug this gap and still not feeling satisfied? Um, but yes, over the years, uh, through this blessed prayer group where we have awesome stewards who help and guide us and build our faith, uh, chosen by God, uh, last Saturday, um, uh, Russell's uh, teaching on uh, on you know the revelations in the Bible and building that closer intimacy with God uh, really really opened up um, another and a new uh, absolutely new revelation for me where it started to you know it, it opened my heart to how I can connect more with the words of the Bible chapters like Levit Levit Leviticus. Uh, which always seemed challenging over the years and still is. Um, as I'm reading, at the, at the moment I'm reading Leviticus, um, I, I, it, it used to be very challenging. I used to think, oh, how do I get through Leviticus? It's, you know, I, I don't seem to connect with it as much as, as much as I would like to. But after Russell's teaching, I've realized that I, it's not important for me to take, uh, you know, like every, like how, how did they, they sacrifice or how did they do the burnt offering or how it's important as to how I can connect that Old Testament with the New Testament, see that Old Testament through the eyes of the New, of the New Testament. And that was a revelation. And as I read Leviticus now, it's a different, it's totally a different meaning for me. Uh, the stories, it also, I mean, Russell's teaching has really, uh, I started to look at it in a different way where I'm more captivated by stories of the faith, the hope, the love, the redemption that has literally unfolded in front of me and what God and what Jesus has done for, for, for me in my life. Um, I also, um, this relationship that has been built um over a period of time and um you know and which i which i want to continue and i hope i continue till i can have my last breath uh through prayer the, the relationship that i can build build on further deeper stronger uh through prayer meditation reflection and the word i feel god's presence more strongly in my life than i ha ever have um, the some I I when I'm weak I find strength in the weakness I find hope in times of despair and and most of all peace when in the times of turmoil. So I just want to thank the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group for their teachings that have helped me grow to this level of faith that I am in currently and I will continue to build on it. It's always going to be work in progress, um, and come closer and have a more intimate relationship with God through the Bible study, through the morning encounters, through the daily reflections, and through the various other uh, channels like our rosary group and, you know, and the prayer and worship. So uh, I thank everyone in this group and uh, stay blessed always. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Lovely testimony. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, anyone else would like to testify and give glory to God.
My brother Vivek, this is Ernie. I'd like to um, give praise and glory to our Lord for um, for, he, for his presence and just uh, throughout the week, always. We'll be, I'll be going on um, with my families, uh, with my intermediate family to uh, overseas to Papua New Guinea. And we're just, i like to thank the Lord that his, his presence and his eyes will be for will be with us and just for answering our prayers beforehand that even throughout the years his, uh, his hedge of protection and the blood of Jesus will always be over uh, my, my family here also in, in Australia as well and, and throughout the, the uh, Holy Spirit prayer group. Yeah, just the, yeah, just the blessings, and uh, just like also when I'm over there, I like to just you know just uh, share my testimonies and my experience with this uh, Holy Spirit prayer group with them, and uh, yeah, just just uh, continuing uh, the peace and joy and sharing uh, the His Word. Over there, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, also as a part of a, you know, great present and a gift uh, to my, um, you know, to my relatives as well. Um, yeah, just um, it's the experience and the um, the love, the power of his love is always uh, breathtaking. And I just like to give glory. I just there's so many experiences that I've. Um, uh, experienced with this uh, group, it's just overwhelming, and um, yeah, I just like to give praise and glory all the time. And uh, we just know nothing without him, so I uh, just yeah, give glory and thanks. Just, just a small testimony. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I'd like to testify and give glory to God and thank the Lord for this wonderful gift of life, for such wonderful things that the Lord is doing in my life. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do for me continuously and teaching me every day that the power of life is in our tongue and we can choose what we want to speak over our lives. We choose to bless others. The blessings will only flow. We choose curse. The curses also flow in the same way. And this series has blessed me so mightily that I realized that always in fear and being scared of curses but tonight I'm, I can say that it's helped me personally in a very big way to understand that we have the authority of Christ and when we stand up with his name he has already completed the whole job for us all we have to do is go in his name and we are just guarded so powerfully with the word of God that's the sword of the spirit. And so much is there for us to understand. And uh, the truth is so important that idolatry can be in different formats. And if we go there, the curse of God comes in. And it's important for us to repent and understand that repentance is the first and the most important thing. Because once we repent, rebuke, and then replace our spoken words, things start changing. In my workplace this, this week and this month, I chose to surrender. I said, Lord, you take over. 
you handle everything for me i can't do it you do it for me i know lord you are powerful i spoke i believe you a billion percent that you will do my targets uh, for this month and ensure that it will complete and i was struggling for three weeks uh, two and a half to three weeks of the month where i had to hit target but in the matter of three days the god not only helped me to cross target i exceeded target by more than 130 percent and everyone was so blessed in office asking me how does this happen how can you do it in three days and i know my god is so powerful with him nothing is impossible and and that's what i want to just say that it's it's just just surrender just give it to him enough of us handling all this but just give it to him and say lord you take it over and just believe him that he will do it he'll complete it for you holy spirit is really powerful because he can go and make the way straight this this only the devil can only try to put traps or snares in front of us so what the holy spirit does he makes those gets those traps destroyed and makes our way straight that's what i'm talking about and it's so true because he just does not allow us to go near evil and just gets us out of that place just makes it impossible for us to meet or connect with the evil people and just somehow you know it doesn't work and that's that's why at many times we have to surrender and i what he has taught me is surrender in humility is the greatest answer prayer and humility is all about praising god and knowing that lord crush my ego crush my will i used to always say no i don't i don't like it to crush my will how can i say that uh, but tonight i say it openly crush my will crush that ego crush the i in me and replace it with your plan and purpose for my life let let your plan and remember god's plan is prosperity we want prosperity only in finances and say lord bless me the good bank balance and god says i want to give you more than that okay bank balance is sorted but i want to bless you in your health i want to bless you with a long life i want to bless you with sufficiency in everything but our focus is no lord bless me the job bless me good income bless me he said that's already added what why are you limiting your prayer to just that area where god wants to say i want to give you abraham's blessings the blessing of abraham was never limited only to finance that was already he was rich and that is something we already have but he wants to bless us in every other area and tonight i just want to share it's just surrender say lord i'm nothing the moment you get into that many people ask me brother how do you get that powerful anointing it's when you cry bitterly when you know you're nothing in the presence of the lord at that point of time where your human spirit surrenders to god's spirit at that point of time there's the powerful anointing of the holy ghost that comes in it is so powerful that you know i just cannot even i i may explode if i don't touch someone or anyone and this is how it happens so it's just the power of just humility just giving god everything because he can't work in a full glass he wants an empty glass he wants to fill us with his love but if we are full of ourselves it can't work so just forget ourselves you and i have nothing in this world to carry from here nothing in this world belongs to us so give it to him say lord take my finances take everything body soul spirit everything that is in because god only multiplies it and why should we worry about it our focus should be on the relationship and just let me learn to seek you and your righteousness and all other things are just added so i'm not even bothered it just follows me 
because when you are with me in my boat there's no storm i know whom to go to all we have to know that the lord is real and just trust him and the holy spirit is really real he helps us in 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 so many ways and so patient thank you jesus i would say that this series if it's blessing you invite others because i was telling the lord today i said lord such a powerful series i've been teaching on why just 20 25 people when this series should have been actually a reason for thousands of people to have their lives transformed and changed forever because the truth is you and i have the power in christ uh, everything is possible through jesus thank you jesus praise you jesus give glory to you thank you yes anyone else would like to share their testimony and give glory to Hello, brother. brother. I would like to praise and yeah. like praise and thank the Lord for all His countless blessings upon me and my family. I'd like to thank and praise the Lord for this connection to the Brisbane family, uh, where we pray together and all answered prayers are uh, come to. Uh, I'd like to thank the Lord for uh, bringing my sister. and a husband here to melbourne it was for a short time but which we thought would not happen but it happened uh thank you jesus for that uh i would also like to thank the lord for all the little miracles at my workplace uh there are staff who come to me uh because they know that i'm in prayer the word has just spread out at work they everyone says like if you need something you just go and talk to miss veera and she will say a prayer and i have seen these uh, mothers like you know for their little children and i just said to believe and i you know send a link or i just send them a prayer and we agree together uh, and i lift them up during the morning encounters and i can see uh so much of answered prayer and i thank the lord for it uh in the month of november i had uh, i had uh, given a testimony of one of my colleagues who had to put her papers through assessment and uh, and then she was put into the kitchen as a kitchen hand and uh, to uh, last week she her papers have come through and she's come back to the room as a teacher and i praise and thank the lord for that and she says miss veera it is only a miracle this could never have happened but i told her no it's not a miracle like we have to just trust in the lord and you know and although she's uh, she's uh, not from our faith but she has so much faith in jesus and every day in the morning i send her the prayer she said it's only prayers that have you know brought this miracle and i praise and thank the lord for this thank you jesus praise you jesus and i also like to praise and thank the lord for taking my sister and her husband rashmi and raj today safely and we pray for their safe journey thank you jesus thank you jesus praise you jesus brother i would like to go next yeah yes yeah. thank you lord for your favor lord that's upon me thank you for your spirit lord that lives and dwells in me thank you lord for dying on the cross for me lord thank you for your reckless love that you have for me that you show me your love every single day 
uh, I wanted to share a testimony about how the Lord uh, has been with me uh, as I, I traveled uh, overseas to India. Uh, lots of things uh, happened along the way. Um, uh, for example, as I was traveling to India in, in transit on my way, um, I was to check into an, uh, a transit accommodation. But when I landed out there, uh, there was no accommodation in India. Uh, there was no, there was a building, but that wasn't uh, wasn't an accommodation or a hotel at all. It had closed down, um, but the Lord made a way, and uh, He found me a different place uh, that I could go to. So thank you, Lord. Um, thank you, Lord, for the safe travel back and forth. Um, thank you, Lord, for for bringing smiles on the face of peoples that uh, that I that I'd met along the way. So. I did go and I was visiting Mumbai um, back in India. Uh, I did had to have to visit uh, a few government offices uh, and I wasn't expecting, but uh, there was a lot of uh, receptive um, from the, the people around, um, even even smiles on government officials who which I wouldn't uh, really expect, uh, even though I was uh, you know, I'd reached the, the government offices uh, later than their normal hours, but they were still friendly and with smiles on their faces. Thank you, Lord, for your for your angels, Lord, that you that you sent with me and around me as I traveled uh, fearlessly in Mumbai. Uh, that has completely changed. Uh, the place itself has it looks so different uh, than the last time that I was there. Thank you, Lord, for the, the people that I could minister to. Thank you, Lord, for the healings that you have begun. Thank you for healing diseases in people where the doctors have, have claimed that there is no hope, where the world has claimed that there is no hope, and where uh, the world has claimed uh, their, their, their incurable diseases. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you, Lord, for your spiritual authority, Lord, that you have blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for all the souls saved, Lord, that those souls that are turned back to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for you are the most high. Lord, for your goodness that that follows us, that chases us wherever we go. Thank you, Lord, for continuing to renew my mind. I thank and praise you, Lord. I also thank the Lord for, for healing my mother-in-law as she uh, had an accident uh, in India. Uh, and the doctors had told her that uh, she had fractured her, her finger. Uh, but when she came to Australia, I had mentioned to her to claim a scripture, uh, Psalm uh, 92, 14, uh, which uh, reads, just read it, uh, read that scripture, Psalm 92, 14. So it, it reads as, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. So I mentioned to my mother-in-law to, to, to keep claiming this psalm that I am fresh and green and full of sap. And during the week, she had visited the doctor here in Brisbane. And the doctor mentioned that uh, there is no fracture. There's no hairline fracture, which was opposite to what the doctors had mentioned in India. So I want to thank and praise God for that miracle as well that has happened. Uh, I also want to thank and praise God for being with me, even though uh, as I was traveling, my luggage got lost as well. So a lot of interesting things happened along the way. My luggage got lost, but the Lord uh, made a way uh, and I got my luggage back. So I just want to thank and praise God uh, in all of these, these various events that I've just described. 
I just want to thank and praise God for going ahead of me. That's what he did in all of these different, different events that took place. The one thing that he did was he went ahead of me. I thank and praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, brother. Yes, anyone else would like to testify? Brother, I'll share one testimony, I think, and if uh, no one else is there, then yes. we can just go into Yeah, you can testify and give glow and also do the announcements. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. So I'd like to thank God for a wonderful week, for every day, for the privilege to be part of this prayer group, for every member that is part of this house that prays for each other. I'd like to thank the Lord for the spiritual growth that he's taking us on, the journey that each of us are going through. And every day we're coming closer and closer to him. So what we are prophesying every morning when we say, see, he is doing a new thing. That new thing is being manifest in each of our lives. So I want to thank God for that. I want to thank God for the gift of Jesus, for the gift of his Holy Spirit. He continues to pour out those gifts on us every single day. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for the revelations that you are pouring now where each one is starting to read the Bible differently. They are they are experiencing more more of an immersion into your word, Lord. So thank you for that grace that you are making available, the wisdom that you are pouring into each of our hearts, opening up our understanding to see through your word and hear by your word so that it inspires faith in each of us. And um, another of my testimonies was a physical healing during the week. Earlier in the week, I had a serious, severe neck pain where on uh, one of the mornings after finishing the morning encounter, it was so severe, I actually had to take serious painkillers, strong painkillers to uh, numb it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to work after that, travel to work and do my work. And the pain, after taking that painkiller that morning, the pain subsided. And during the day, it was fine. And that night, again, I took a painkiller because the pain started to show up again after the effects of the painkiller wore off. And knowing that it would probably last only about eight hours or so, I knew that, okay, there's another one that would probably have to be popped in around the next morning. But that night I confessed faith, declared healing, rebuked the spirit of infirmity, and I was convinced it was gone. That was my faith being released. So next morning again, at the start of it, the start of the day went well. As I got to work, they started to show some early signs potentially of the pain resurfacing again. That was the devil trying to tell me, see, it is coming back. Now, what will you do? You will have to take medication. And I did have the medications with me handy, but I chose not to. I chose to declare my faith again. I said, I've already declared it. It is done. It is finished. So there is no way it is now it can end up in a different direction. I said, I'm just going to re-declare, re-emphasize what I have declared already in my healing, and I will not touch the medication. And within a matter of minutes, that pain which started to look like, and it, was, and it would have been severe pain from what I've seen the previous day. What started to look like the pain forming is like that tiny cloud that Elijah saw. 
it just disappeared within a matter of minutes. So I guess a lot of times it is just that fighting there where when you are exercising your faith and then God is telling you, hold on to what you have confessed and declared. And the devil is saying, will it really work? Do you think it will? Will there be an outcome? See, there are other things that are starting to resurface back again. The symptoms are coming back. I guess it's just up to us to hold on and not give up there. If we just push that little extra, then what you have held on to in your faith shall be manifest. I guess that was the learning that I wanted to share in, in this uh, testimony today. So I'd like to give glory to God. I'd like to give him thanks. I'd like to give him praise for that uh, measure of faith that he deals out, which is directly proportional to the level of revelation that we uh, dive into. So I thank you, Lord, that the more we hear and hear by your word, the more you increase our faith, the more you increase our faith, you also give us the boldness to declare it. And what we declare boldly, we know in our hearts that we shall see it. Thank you, Lord. I'll also make quick announcements. Then if there's anyone else that wants to uh, share their testimony, please do not delay and hold on. Please um, unmute quickly so that we don't waste any further time. So a warm welcome to everyone, all newcomers once again, and uh, welcome back to Brother Savio as well after his successful uh, time that he has traveled out of Brisbane. And the Lord bless his ministry because even while he was traveling, no matter the difference in time, no matter the commitments that he had there, he made sure he posted those daily reflections and every single day. He didn't miss a single day. So I'd like to thank Lord, thank the Lord and, and bless Brother Savio, his family and his ministry for all the sacrifices they put in, for the commitment that he puts in so that this house is blessed in every way, every single day. Thank you, Lord. I'll share links for those that would like to join the group that are new and are not part of our Telegram or WhatsApp group. You can refer to any one of these links, download the apps if you don't have them, and you can then click that link and join our prayer group. The advantage there is you can post your personal prayer request. There are lots of other people there who, even if they don't know you, will pray for you. And you will also get uh, reminders and links of all the various prayer sessions that are held at different times of the day throughout the year. So I'll quickly go through those sessions as well. We start our day every morning with the morning encounters at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, um, followed by the rosary session in the evening. That's run on uh, that's run weekdays, so Monday to Friday. On Monday to Thursday, it's run at 7 p.m. in the evening. And on Fridays, it's run at 3 p.m. in the afternoon because we have this Bible study session on Friday evening. So the Bible study session starts at 5.30 with praise and worship, followed by testimony, sorry, confession of scriptures, and then testimony time, like the session we're going through right now. And then immediately following this, we have the Bible teaching or the Bible study session of the night. So morning encounters are run seven days a week. Rosary and uh, the Rosary and Divine Mercy sessions are run on weekdays, Monday to Friday. Brother Savio's reflections are posted seven days a week. They are posted on our platforms plus all our social media channels as well. And then all of these sessions, the teaching sessions, the morning encounters and the rosary are run live on Zoom as well as on YouTube. And then the recordings are stored on YouTube. For the morning encounters, the recordings are also stored. Morning encounters and Friday Bible study sessions, the recordings are also stored on our Spotify podcast page. You can look us up on Spotify or YouTube by searching Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. 
So I've sent you the links to download the iConfess boldly as well earlier. You'll find it in the chat. There are a few languages in which it is available. You can choose the one you want and you can start confessing scripture in your own language. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yes, if there's any one or two more testimonies, quick ones, I'll be happy to take it. We'll start for the teaching for the night. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's start. If there's no one, Heavenly Father, we come into your holy presence in the mighty name of Jesus and we thank and praise you for this wonderful time of praise and worship, testimonies, declaration of your word, confessing your word. And tonight, Lord, as we do a very powerful series and continue in the series that you have given us, we bless all of the people who are here, Lord, with your precious blood. Cover and seal them with your holy name, Lord. Every word that I speak tonight be only for your glory and for your praise. Nothing of me, everything of you. Everything be anointed with your Holy Spirit so that it goes out and touches people's lives. And the ones who have come from the time this very series started and continue to come, as I proclaimed a blessing, Lord, as I started, the ones who continue this series right from the start to the end will have transformation in their life. Let that come to pass, Lord. As I declared it, and I know that water is declared in faith will come to pass, Lord, because the truth will come in them. Because what they learn is the truth, and that truth will change their life forever. Thank and praise you, Lord, for teaching us so many new things. And tonight, Lord, I repent of every sin I've committed in the flesh, mind, body, spirit, Lord. I ask for mercy and pardon every kind of my ego. I crush it, Lord. I ask you to crush my will and replace it with your will for my life. And I only bless all the enemies, Lord. And I operate in 1 Peter 3, 9. Blessing and only blessing them in every area of their life so that they never lack. In fact, at the end of their life, in old age, let them have heaven as their destination because you will be the Lord and Savior. Through what destiny help us, someone will connect and bless them. Thank you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. As we start this teaching, Lord, bless me, Lord, with your wisdom, that your wisdom alone will help me to speak your word Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. As we declare Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, may this declaration bless your life as well. Um, you can repeat after me. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I sent it in faith in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So yeah, we are doing authority figures. So we started a little bit with it. Um, we'll try to ensure that this part, uh, this, if we can go quickly today, 
we'll finish the entire part of curses so that we can go into the blessings on the next section. Let's see how we go and how the Lord leads us. So with authority figures, we learned that both blessings and curses are pasts and they're part of a vast, invisible spiritual realm. We learned about it last time, which affects the life of each and every one of us. One of the most decisive factors in the realm is authority, in the spirit realm. Without a grasp of understanding the principle of authority, it's impossible to understand the realm of how the spirit functions and how to function effectively in it. So many of us who have authority can misuse it. And tonight we're going to learn because if you are not using your authority rightly or if people use the authority in the wrong way and pronounce curses because of the authority, that curse can come to pass. All authority was given to Jesus by the Father and he declared this. Can you take me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, our first scripture for tonight? Pray in silent tongues and keep me in prayer as well. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen. So all authority, here it clearly says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Since that time, Jesus, uh, God had placed all authorities in the hand of Je in hands of Jesus. But Jesus in his turn delegates his authority uh, to others. Now God is the father and he gives the authority to Jesus. Jesus in the other hand gives his authority to, to the others. He says, you know, go out and make disciples. So I have all authority that I have, I give to you. That's why when we take the name of Jesus, we are taking his authority. Um, I just want to link this with one other scripture. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Um, what Paul writes about authority here. Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So it's so clear from this, uh, Paul basically depicts a cable of authority that originates with God as the father, descends to Christ and Christ to man who fills the role of husband and father in the family. Thus man is the appointed authority in his home. Now, so the husband or father is the you know, primary example of a person uh, anointed to exercise authority. There are various different examples like you could have a military commander who has authority over his soldiers. 
teacher over his pupils a pastor over his or a priest or a parish priest on, on his parish or a pastor over members of his congregation but remember god has absolute authority all the other authorities are only delegated or some kind of authority but not complete a delegated authority is only within a particular sphere and only to a limited extent okay um and we definitely understand this a teacher would definitely have authority over her class or that area where she has control over and only to that extent but tonight i want to take some examples um and i can't go through this for time but i'll explain to this in the book of genesis chapter 27 we understand one thing here the importance that jacob and esau attached to the blessings of their father isaac now for the good reason since the blessings of their father isaac you know about the descendants the history of their descendants had been determined uh, ever since the words isaac spoke or each of them at a time one of the most important things that we have to understand here is the blessing of the father is considered second importance only to the that of god himself so many of us you know after prayer like after the rosary do we ask for blessings brother it's always been a practice right i mean i'm asking yes. all of you that yes. do you ask your blessings of the elders after a prayer don't you put your hands across and say bless me and you know it has to be a practice i'm sure everyone some of you who are there you would definitely know that after a rosary after an evening prayer you know you have got to go um when you have your birthday celebrations the first thing you go is you ask your father who is your house or your parents and ask them for blessings and it is their blessings that you seek if you are visiting a particular place and your aunt lives there or your dad sister or brother or someone there and you visit the first thing you do is you say bless me uncle or auntie do we do that I'm just asking yes if you go to a priest after mass you come out and you would say father you would ask father can you bless me now you are going there because of the authority that person has okay and someone younger to you would come to you and say uncle or auntie bless me or whatever you know i'm just giving you how it works there the same way a father is considered second in importance only to that of god himself as far as blessing his child is concerned so implicit is the authority to bless power in the authority to the to bless there is also the authority to curse now blessing and cursing can never be separated from one another uh more like heat from cold or day from the night it means the person with authority may exercise it uh in one or two ways either they bless or they curse and the same authority is so important i'll take you to one example again for those who wanted to understand this it was genesis 27 about the blessing of um uh, of isaac to jacob and esau and you could read about that uh there's also another one which i can't take the whole it's genesis chapter 31 this will tell us of of course and how the effect of it happened now in the book of genesis chapter 31 it records how jacob with his two wife two concubines and even 11 children departed by stealth from his uncle laban in mesopotamia and set out to return to the land of canaan and land of canaan laban however 
with a company of his relatives, set out in pursuit of Jacob and overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. There followed a confrontation between them in which Laban accuses Jacob of stealing his teraphim. That's his household images of God used for divination and supposed to protect a home from evil forces. Now, anyone who has read this chapter, who knows what I'm talking about, put an amen if you know what I'm talking about. So it'll be easier to understand the curse in this whole thing. It's okay if you're not ready, but it's. But if you know about this as well, it makes sense to understand what happened here. And I'm reiterating the first commandment. And we have done this uh, in our series. And we remember we had drawn that entire, for the someone who remembered, we drew that entire going down to generations, how the curses go down. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone who read that chapter, I just want to go to the sin of idolatry, which is the one which is the most dangerous out of anything. So remember one thing, we should not live and think that curses don't exist. Uh, anything occult, anything which is idolatry, just stay far away from it. If you know you, you, the Holy Spirit says you've done it, fall down on your knees, repent in dust and ashes and say, Lord, I'm sorry, so that it doesn't come upon anyone. You know, I'm the Lord, the jealous God. I go down to, I, you know, the sins of your father to four generations. So, you know, and that's something was just looking at, but sins of witchcraft and idolatry. Yeah. Let's go to this example and understand this first. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what Paul says in this, and what does Jacob do? Okay, He did not know that Rachel, his wife, his, the one he loved the most, had secretly taken these images. Okay? And she had hid them. Now, Jacob reacted indignantly. Now, obviously, when, you're, when your uncle is coming up to you and he comes in and he comes and tells him that you have robbed it, what would you do? Would you stand up and say, no, I have taken it? When you don't have it, you're going to stand up, right? But he still says, no, you have it. What would we do if we are in that situation? Would you stand up and say, no, I've taken it? When you don't have it. So Jacob was one, absolutely. You denied Adam adamantly. And yes, of course, it's you'll absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. And, and it's important for us to understand this. And this is important because this tonight's session is, it's going to be a lot of eye-openers as fathers, as mothers, as uncles, as aunts, as any authority that you and I have over people. So stealing of his teraphim, which is the household images of God used for divination. Remember, this was used for sorcery and divination. And supposed to protect a home from evil forces. Okay. He challenged Laban to search all his family belongings and then to protest in his innocence. And he added this curse. 
His curse was that that he mentioned. If you find anyone who has your gods, he shall not live. Now we'll just go to that curse that he actually put, and this is in the book of Genesis, chapter thirty-one, verse thirty-two. We'll just go to that part and be very specific to understand how he actually had spoken this verse. This is Jacob himself putting a curse. Remember, he's in the lineage of Abraham. That's why tonight the authority figures are critical, and then we'll understand the other parts as well. But if you find anyone who has your gods, that person shall not live in the presence of our relatives. See for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me, and if so, take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So now, what sort of curse was this? If somebody understands here. There was an authority here. Brother Savio, what you have got it? Yeah, but there was an authority curse here. Whose authority it was? Was it uh, Jacob's brother? Yeah, Jacob was using an authority. Using. So yeah, so the authority here was the husband's authority because he did okay. not know. Absolutely, thank you, thank you, Jesus. That came from the Holy Spirit. It was the husband's authority over the wife. Okay, he did not know that his wife Rachel actually had stolen it. Now tonight, I want to tell you how these authorities come to pass, and I'm going to take with live examples and understanding with how this can come in. and how many women suffer a lot throughout their lifetime okay not realizing that it could be your husband's curse coming over okay let's get to understand this so it was actually a death sentence that was announced he said that anyone who has your god he shall not live that was clearly a death sentence from as an authority the fact that jacob did not realize that his words were directly directed against rachel did not prevent the curse from taking effect now if you look at genesis in the verse 35 go to 35 verse 16 to 19 this is where the curse takes effect actually now i'm taking scriptures to explain so that you understand how an husband using the authority can also put a curse and we could be doing this and what we have learned also the husband's or the father's blessings is considered second to that of god he is the authority uh this is the husband okay so then they moved on from bethel while they were still some distance from ephrath rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty and as she was having great difficulty in childbirth the midwife said to her 
don't despair for you have another son and she breathed her last for she was dying she named her son ben oni but her father named him benjamin so rachel died and was buried on the way to ifrath that is bethlehem okay so this is the pronunciation of the curse okay now the point here i want to ask you is yes definitely there was a curse from the husband to the wife but saying that what did rachel actually do what had she stolen absolutely and which what had she broken there anyone so having all those gods with her what happens did she get into the area of idolatry yes so the take me to isaiah chapter 45 verse 21 Now be careful about this because this is something that you and I can also have as believers. We may be coming for prayer, but remember when it comes to God, He has no favorites. If you break the law, you come under it straight away. We have a way out, and that's why I want every one of us to know uh, that is so important. Yeah, please let's let's all pay attention and please pay full attention to this. declare what is to be presented let them take counsel together who foretold this long ago who declared it from the distant past was it not i the lord and there is no god apart from me a righteous god and a savior there is none but me okay let's take this now and the real actual scripture was like exodus chapter 20 was one to five let's go there and understand this this was in our starting series when we started but we'll still take that scripture to understand how you come under that curse of idolatry if we do this we straight away fall under god's judgment and there's absolutely only way out is repent so let's go to that and understand that exodus exodus chapter 20 was 1 to 5 and this is critical for people who want to understand authority figures and god spoke all these words 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. Okay, I just want to ask you today one question here. Sometimes we have like, you know, celebrities, correct? I will just name celebrities. People make them gods. Do we agree? That they are given so much importance that some people put even their photos or pictures in the room. Everywhere you see, when you enter the house, you see only their pictures. Oh, gods, every doesn't exist, but their photos are there everywhere. In fact, they even kiss them, they carry their photo with them, wear their photos with them. This could be for any celebrity now, I'm not saying making names. Yes, absolutely dress like them, behave like them, talk like them. Their life is them. They worship them, bend before them, kiss them, and they totally worship them. Now, question here is, is that idolatry? Now, these are with, okay, these are with uh, celebrities. But take it one step further. You could have your boss who may be good, may be absolutely a gem of a person, blessed you in every way. But now you look at him not just a boss, you look at him as much more than a boss, not just a father figure where you definitely, we look as father figures to so many people. But when you consider him like a God in your life and say, he's my God, do we do this? My question here. I'm sure he's God sent. Yes, a person is God sent. He could be a destiny helper, but you can't make a destiny helper God. Nobody can take the place of God. Not that you say you do it, but you don't realize how idolatry works. You could get fascinated with preachers. You get fascinated with holy people. You just like to be like them. Be into them. See yourself like them. All idolatry. Everything is from the evil realm. There can be no one else. Flesh cannot be looked at. Anything on this earth, if you make that your God, you come under the commandment of God. And this is God saying, I'm a jealous God who punishes. And this is brutal. I'll go ahead and we'll understand now further how this curse of authority came in. This is now anyone coming under this idolatry. The first thing is to stand down and repent. Why do I ask everyone? I say, Lord, you know, for your people who are here, you make a very good confession with the priest. Fantastic. That's good. Amen. 
to everyone, including me. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone who stands up would have to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I repent in dust and ashes. I ask for your mercy and pardon. Have mercy and pity upon me. Because you do not know when you would have said something which you really didn't mean. Many of us say things to our spouses or our children with the authority of a father or a husband, not realizing that we have said it and pronounced a curse. Are you with me on this? Are you with me on this? I mean, if someone is understanding what I'm saying. Yes. Now, what you're doing is trying to cancel it because you don't know what you have said in anger, in maybe someone is drunk and says anything, or you do not know, suddenly you're short-tempered and you could be speaking anything from your mouth. So, because Rachel took possession of the false gods, Rachel had trespassed in the area of idolatry and of the occult. Anyone in that area of occult, God looks at it very seriously. Thus, bringing her own action, she had forfeited God's protection as well. When you get into occult, straight away God's protection gets forfeited. That hedge gets removed straight away. Are we getting this? Yes, brother. So that hedge of protection, which you look from God itself, when you get into the area of occult, that very hedge gets removed. I want to explain it further. Give the example again from scripture. Do you understand how the devil gets hold of man? And this is there. So this is what happened. And as a result of this, of the occult involvement, it's a clear example how curses come uh, and how they take effect once there is an authority involved. Now, we know in, in, in a relationship of marriage, husband and wife are one flesh. That's what scripture says, right? There's merging of separate identities into a new entity. And that's what happens when we get married. Now, husband goes, can get a little complicated if the husband, uh, just like of Jacob, he did not realize he was in anger. He just spoke it, spoke and pronounced a curse on his own wife, and the wife died as a result of that curse. We would take some examples today based on this, and somebody could put an amen, and we'd ask that we repent and break those curses that any spouse would have put on you and another. Let's take an example of Mary. Okay, let's take. Just for the namesake, we'll put a person's name as Mary. And the husband is Jack. Now, Jack comes in from a very good family. Uh, he's a professional executive, doing well, well qualified. And his wife also is very successful. But Mary has never learned to cook because she's always had a good childhood, has never brought up, you know, learning to get into the kitchen. Mary could not make the best dishes, obviously, when she came as a wife to Jack and she got married to Jack. Jack definitely exercises self-control and continues with his patience. But finally, out of when he frustrated, he says, I'm sick of the way you serve our meals. Now, does a husband say this to the wife or newly married? It does happen. It does happen many times. I could say that, uh, you know, I asked for 
repentance at times. I could have also said it, but I know a lot. I'm sorry about what I've done, and that's exactly. Uh, you don't know in anger what you have said. Maybe it's not meals. It could be in any other area. But we'll take certain areas. Okay, I'm sick of the way you make food, or we'll just take it in another way. Your all your food is burnt, tasteless, does not taste good at all. I better order food from outside using one of the ordering apps and order food. It's much tastier that way. Or maybe compare your wife to somebody and say. You should learn to cook from my like my mother, who is much better than you. Now he continues to say, "You'll never learn to cook." He repeats this with different variations every day, like a broken record. Now, from that day onwards, Mary's hands tremble whenever she brings food to the table. Every time she thinks that she cooks, you know, he's going to hate the food. So that becomes like an ordeal. The very cooking becomes like a. It's like an Irony, you're cooking food, and you just hope that you know. Other than cooking, everything else should happen. After some years, that marriage breaks up because that does not continue. But the curse that Jack pronounces on Mary remains for the rest of her life. Though she is talented and successful in her life, in other areas she just cannot get herself into the kitchen. Something dark comes over her and inhibits her natural ability, and this is. the only solution for her is that to realize that the husband actually had put a curse on her and has to seek god's hand to release herself from that we'll take certain other variations and this could be in other areas as well now this is only in the area of cooking maybe but the same story of mary could be in the area of finances you know maybe mary again might be running up the money for the house and her budget always you know exceeds the amount that is given to her okay maybe in in their own way uh or mary's obese and tries to reduce weight and the husband says you can never ever lose weight you will remain fat for the rest of your life now these are variations to the kind of things that the spouse may speak but he says your budget you can never be select successful in handling your budget or it could be that your you know you'll struggle for the rest of your life now they could be in if in different areas do you agree with what i'm saying um that a person here does not mean it but would continue like a broken record saying i hate your dressing style i hate the way you cook i hate the way you look you look horrible or you know you dress horrible you know you have nothing good in you there's nothing good that has come from you you know you've been instead of a blessing you're a curse for your you know like sometimes even the husbands may say because of you i am not getting any breaks in life because you are like a bad luck or something for me now it can be different variations very few of us know that sometimes these are curses put as an authority as a husband's authority over wife because we two are one flesh and that's what many times the wife would live into that series of darkness all her life not realizing that she can come out of it and there is a way out now many of us would not know this truth unless until we heard the teaching even i would not know the truth if i have not learned because this series helping me as well in a big way so let's go to uh, proverbs 12 verse 18 to understand how you know people speak like a piercing which hits your heart straight away and this happens many times husband and wife and so many other people 
the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing you agree with this the word of the reckless pierce like swords because a reckless person does not think now many times a father may ask a child go and get another whiskey bottle and if the child does not listen or obey what he says he may put a curse on the child you useless child you'll never be successful in life nothing good will come your way or the father may send the child go and get my cigarettes from a shop buy it from the shop and come back uh, now this is it could happen could not happen but it would be variations the father could say this as a result of being in a drunken state or in a state of anger many times people you know say anything in anger because they are short tempered um and said look the father may say i have said this jokingly and i was never i said it in anger i really didn't mean it and you could see a child trembling okay the child loses security you know because that that very self esteem that the child has or the image that the person has of of having christ in him would all disappear because they are not in the word and secondly you see the child totally depressed not wanting to meet anyone if there is no love from the father how can they go out and expect love from someone else when the father says you are useless fit for nothing no one in the world will love you you have no friends now he must have not said it because it but you know while getting the bottle the bottle must have fallen and broken and the father must have pronounced his curse is it true is it to some extent do you agree this could happen i'm not saying it yes or no but it, is it possible that the father could say something in a state of anger i'm just taking one example it could be anything okay it could be anything okay now what is the way out and we want to learn that in detail but tonight i want to understand and say that as parents we have to play a big authority now a mother to a great extent if she is not happy with the son in law that is coming to the house if she is happy it's good but if she is not happy that the daughter marrying a son um, someone who is not of the best class for whatever reason and she would put a curse and says you know my son in law will never be well he has married and robbed my daughter their life will be finished and that curse can always come from the heart not realizing that your daughter was part of that curse and if you have uttered such things being an authority figure first thing is we need to ask god for forgiveness and stand in that area of repentance okay if we get there only then can we come out of this if anyone has learned something from this authority okay because how many if you have learned something someone having a question okay now i i had shared someone remember i was talking about curses that are put by the witches anyone who remembers that testimony and gave of a witch who was converted and how he explained how his only job was he was given an area and his area was to curse the believers anyone who remembers that
you remember see yes if you remember tonight i just want to understand and explain who are the servants of satan and how they operate quickly we'll understand and then we just try to uh, go through the other parts and try to finish okay now question here is satan real Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you ask the Christians, some many of us believe yes. There are two extremes. Some ignore Satan totally and say that he doesn't really, he's not real, he doesn't exist, and that's the devil's biggest lie to tell believers that he does not exist. On the others, are some of them are so afraid of him that they give him more attention that he deserves. Do you agree? There are two extremes. One on one extreme says that he does not even exist. There's nothing like this devil. All this is all in the mind, made up. and the other one says no is there is there everywhere and you give him so much attention with fear you live in panic okay so these are two extremes between these two extremes there is actually a scriptural balance and satan is a created being remember he is a rebellious angel we know that who is cast out of heaven and he rules the spiritual kingdom of evil with his rebellious angels and obviously the evil spirits and the demons he is he is called the opposer adversary opposer or the accuser and the biggest tactic that he uses what is his biggest tactic anyone take me to revelation 12:9 please absolutely is it lies absolutely yeah absolutely now anyone any spirit that is trying to deceive you you have to know who is the one talking are we getting this he will put an image in front of you and say oh you know this will happen to you in the future and you say oh yeah i know i received this thing thinking that it's coming from god but you have to know that god would not put a fear in you god has not given you a spirit of fear it is truly important as believers that we pray for the gift of discernment so that we know which spirit is speaking to us okay if you do not get this gift and you're trying to work you may take the word of what the devil is telling you and you may think it's god speaking okay now can you just take me revelations chapter 12 verse 9 please this is one of his biggest ploys and this is how he uses the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or satan who leads the world the whole world astray he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him so the world astray basically means deceiving the whole world okay so that we have to understand how he operates and that is his operation okay now straight to understand uh, because we all, we all understand that he operates this is the way he operates I'm going to take you to an example for someone who wants to read understand. This is a story of Balak and Balaam in the book of Numbers, chapter twenty-two to twenty-four. Now, anyone who knows this again, put an amen if you know about this.
Yeah, so thank you, Jesus. Now, what will happen? Let's quickly get through this because someone who's about to understand this thing will have to read the book of Numbers, chapter 22 to 24. I'll quickly give it in my notes. It's just here. Balak was the king of the territory of Moab. Understand this is very critical that you'll understand how this operates and how these people play a part in our lives. Okay, especially the believers. Balak was a king of the territory of Moab on the east of Jordan. On their first, on their journey from Egypt to Canaan, Israel had encamped on the border of Moab. Balak felt his kingdom was threatened, but he lacked the strength or the courage to launch an open attack. Okay, open attack on Israel. Instead of fighting Israel, what does he do? He hires Balaam to pronounce curses on them in the hope that Israel would let it thus be weakened to the point where Moab could defeat them. Now, what was Balaam basically? Who was he? Why did he hire Balaam of all the person? What was his profession? Anyone? Okay, so Balak had appointed Balaam on the other hand. Balaam was actually a witch doctor, okay, famous throughout the region, who commanded a high fee for his services. Okay, many Christians today would dismiss all this as superstition, nonsense. If you tell anyone, they'll say, oh, this is mad, don't attend all these kind of things. doesn't make sense. I just want to only emphasize one thing in this whole thing, which is why it is part of the example and very critical and all for all of us. If you tell someone about this, God, devil, it's a, just keep this away from us. I think it's better we go to church, come back, nothing more. But you and I need to know the truth. And that's why you're, you are here and we are all together. Okay, learning. God's reaction was different and very, very different. He views the curses that Balaam might pronounce as a serious threat to Israel. This is God himself. Because he knows the power of a spoken word. It will come to pass. Are you getting me? For everyone here. So what he does, he intervenes supernaturally and warns Balaam in a dream not to accept that assignment. But Balaam, eager for the wealth Balaam had promised, Balak had promised him, he goes out with the intention of, of cursing. But every time he pronounces a curse, God turns that curse into a blessing. And if you look at this, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 5, Moses actually reminds, you can take me there because we can quickly try to um, get to this part. If you can take me there, please. Just one scripture. Which one is it, The book of Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 5. Moses reminded Israel of this incidence as God's love for them. God stood in the, and actually ensured that that curse didn't come to pass. However, the Lord, your God, would not listen to Balaam, but turned the curse into a blessing for you. Because the Lord, your God, loves you. Amen to that. Okay. Question here. I want to ask this, and this should actually touch all of us. 
God did not view Balaam's proposed curses against Israel as empty words that had no power. He he recognized and he regarded them as a serious threat to Israel, and for this reason, he intervenes personally to frustrate Balaam's intention. Now, with this, I'm just asking you a question: Is there power in our words? I want to ask a question today. A person searching for a job. If you and I, as believers who are here, tell that person to only confess that, "Thank you, Lord, you have blessed me with a job. Thank you for this job you have given me." Okay, he writes it down and gives the Lord exactly what the job is, and he lives in the answered prayer. There are two types of prayer. Lord, please help me to get a job. Lord, I know when I pray, you will give me the job. Lord, I thank you for the job. You're living in the job. You're already a month in the job, two months in the job, three months in the job. You could see that money in your bank account. You could see yourself cleaning the desk. You could see yourself this, and you keep thanking him. Said, Lord, I can see myself. Now this is madness because human beings, what you see with your eyes, is what is actually what you actually have. Okay, show me is what the person said, just like Thomas said. But God says, when you believe and see what you want to see, you will have it, just the way you want it. How many of you agree? Now, now, the important part of this is the spoken word. Even though you write it, which is a spoken word, you need to declare it and thank God for it. You live in that vision. Live in that answer prayer. Someone who is praying for a healing, if that person perseveres with that healing, continuously believes that the Lord has healed with His stripes and wounds, continuously thank God for the healing, continuously lived in the miracle, and said, "Lord, this miracle is my testimony. I stand up for you. Blessed me, Lord. You heard my prayer." The lady who touched the garment of Jesus. Already spoke continuously. Did she speak continuously? Continuously, continuously, continuously. What happened to her faith? What happened to her faith? What happens to the people who we are asking to pray? When you ask them to start praying and live in the miracle, in the finished works of Christ, do you agree? Life is a blessing. Anyone? Just like the curse, there is also the blessing. Christ was the blessing; he took the curse and gave and transferred the blessing of Abraham on us. Abrahamic blessing was not only finance; it was every area of life, sufficiency in every area. And who doesn't want a sufficiency in every area of life? Why just be finance? My question here is: If God did not view Balaam's proposed curses against Israel as empty words, Now, do you and I know how important are the power of our words? In Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, he asks Ezekiel, "Prophesy to the dead bones." Could God do it? Yes, but God is spirit. Remember this: God is spirit, 
we are spirit but we have a spoken word that we can speak and that word can bless or curse so if a person has been making prayers if he starts moving into this direction of faith in hebrews chapter 1 11 verse 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen and starts taking his word seriously believing god for the miracle thanking him knowing that god has already done it will he be able to see a job get a wife have a child have the healing completely live old age live whatever is god's will in the world is an answer for any age amen if somebody is getting this god does not take a curse lightly he takes it seriously so it's important for us to understand if god is taking it seriously we also have to be working in that same direction and this was the example i wanted to understand see he did not ignore or be little curses directed that were directed so against his people by the servants of satan and this is what he always condemns the false prophets or sorcerers who continuously pronounce curses on the people now for want of time i'm not going to in that but i'll just go to one part at the end of this very strategy of balam what balam did he he did try to put curses on israel to end up a total trying to get with israel since this was not working he tried a second tactic he advised balak to use the moabite woman to snare and entice the men of israel into sexual immorality and tried to do that and second he got them into idolatry now first tactic had failed when he tried cursing but the second one putting them in idolatry brought god's very curse on them now after they had no need to pronounce a curse upon israelites by breaking god's very first commandment they had actually brought god's own curse upon themselves and 24000 of them perished this is in the book of numbers chapter 25 the whole chapter and in numbers 31 verse 16 moses states specifically this came about through the counsel of balaam now i'm just asking you if any of us get into idolatry of any kind the first thing is repent okay we are going to go through in the next series after this about how we are going to come out of curses into blessings it's very powerful this whole series is very very powerful i'm going to take only two important parts now and this is many of us as christians that do it the first part after this is soulish talks would you anyone would be able to tell me what is a soulish talk what is a soulish talk we'll try to learn learn it and understand this but we do it all the time including me and everyone to a great extent let's understand this for all of us so it's not difficult for christians to understand the spiritual forces directed against them on the obviously for the servants of satan who keep on cursing okay which are dangerous and harmful we know we can break them in the name of jesus 
but many Christians would be surprised, however, to learn that there are situations in which spiritual forces emanate from their fellow believers itself. It could be from one of us, you know, who could be also very, very harmful. I'll take a scripture on this. Take me to James chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. Now, the whole book of James talks about, you know, the tongue and the, the book of the chapter 3 itself is powerful. Uh, but this scripture is very important here. We'll understand soulish talk and soulish prayers. Fourteen and fifteen, please. Thank you. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual. Demonic. So if you understand this part is that if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven. It is purely unspiritual, earthly, unspiritual and demonic. Now soul by itself, okay, as we understand the soulish way, is how the human personality is. Okay. We know that we are three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And to understand this, obviously, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Brother, you can quickly go there. Or I can, all of us would know the scripture. Actually. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to ask you, what is the most important here? The order, which is first? Which comes first? Is it body first, soul, and then spirit? Or is it spirit, then soul, then body? Can you look at the order in which it is? From the highest to the lowest. Where does God live in us? In the flesh, in the soul, or in spirit? And this is the truth. Now I want you to understand. Spirit came first. Then in the line is soul. And then comes body. Body is last. Flesh is last. Spirit is first. Take me to 1 Corinthians 6.17. Connect the dots now here. I hope this is blessing someone. Now we are using word here to a great extent. But the whole whole series is about understanding 
who we are and how we have the power to move from darkness to light. None of us have to face what we are facing. None of us. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So can we say here uh, is <clears throat> one with him is all one soul with him? Who is united with the Lord is one soul with him or is one with him in spirit? Someone here. Just type. God is spirit and God lives in our spirit. The only difference is that very thin line between spirit and soul. So our soulish talk is not from the spirit. Okay. Uh, when man fell off because of his disobedience, his spirit was cut off from God. And at the same time, his soul began to express independently of his spirit. The new disjointed relationship was both the consequence and the expression of man's rebellion against God. So now, to understand this, uh, I want you to take me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Now, you can't be one soul with him. You have to be one spirit with him because God lives in spirit. When you're born again, you're born again of the spirit. God lives in spirit. He doesn't reside in your soul and not in the body. Now, if you want control over the body, it's your spirit that can heal the body. Are we getting this? And the spirit is your word that is in you. My word is spirit and it is life. John 6, 63. Uh, can you take me there? Yeah. Read this, please. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Now, do you agree with me, uh, Brother Savio, that many times the people who are in the spirit, okay, people consider them foolish. Okay, you're praying in tongues. People will make fun of you. Yes. You're going for prayer meetings. You're religious. Someone will say, why you're wasting time there? Two hours, you could have watched a movie. Come on, let's go out. Why waste two hours here? This is the yes. truth of moving from curses to blessings. I pronounced a blessing at the start of this series. Anyone who's there from the first to the last and understands it and we go through it, there'll be a transformation in your life forever. That was the blessing I pronounced. And I stick by it because I know what I said. And I know why the Lord wanted me to teach on this thing. I said, Lord, what do you want me to teach? Soulish talk is something which is very dangerous. And many of us use it in, in many ways. It's basically the misuse of the tongue and how we use it. Uh, James 3.15 that we went through. Did we go through that part? James 3.15. Yeah. It's very demonic and absolutely uh, the root cause of all this is rebellion, some form of disobedience to God. And this is how God, uh, we don't want to follow God's authority. We want to live independently and live in our own domain. 
Titus chapter 3 verse 2 talks about this in a big way. Just one scripture, but it, it just nails it straight away. In one scripture, what is soulish? The book of Titus chapter 3 verse 2. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. What does it start by saying? To slander? No one. Okay. So it means no one. Does it mean only to the believers or the unbelievers as well? No one, everyone everyone. So you have to be ensuring that you don't speak evil of anyone. You live in the blessing. Are we getting this? And in James chapter 4 verse 11, take me to another scripture. So it's not just you speak only to believers nicely and non-believers, you stand up in judgment. James chapter 4, verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Amen to that. Now, one clear thing in this is gossip. Okay. Do we all agree of gossip? You speak bad about someone and, uh, you know, character assassination, as they put it, you know, someone's character is actually assassinated. Now, sometimes it may not be the truth as well. Someone has told you, you're not even found out, but you are spread it to somebody else and said, did you hear what is happening? Do you know about that person? Okay. Maybe it is a lie, total lie by someone who wants to malign or spoil somebody's image. Okay. It may not be the truth at all, but what's happening, it's the lie that is spreading and that lie is moving. She's a negative move. You know, the grapevine goes so fast, faster than even the phone. You know, people get to know quickly. So tell me, tell me more. What's happening? I want to know more. Now, people many times call each other. Tell me what's happening. What's the news? Point here is very critical. If we are living in this, we are not living in God's. It's purely soulish and demonic. Okay. Um, Jesus says this so clearly that if you make an ideal speech, you have to give an account of it. Uh, take me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Anyone who makes an casual or idle chat, conversation involving malicious character or rumors about other people, you come under this judgment. But I tell you that everyone 
will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Do we all agree with this? Every empty word. Be very careful about rumors or any kind of gossip. It is purely demonic, absolutely unscriptural, and it's the way of the devil to get hold. He wants an entry point. If he gives you a chance and you start doing this, you are no more than other people who aren't believers. There's no difference. Now, the point is, do we make mistakes? Yes, even I make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. We are here. We would not be, you know, investing our time learning about God's word if we didn't take this thing so seriously. God never took the curse of Bala, okay, lightly. He was so clear about it. And so if God took that curse seriously, who you and I are, we are going to be so careful. If people are pronouncing and speaking curses over you or your life, immediately stand up with the blood. And, and we are going to learn this in detail, the entire part. It's, it's, that's why it's such a powerful series. How we stand up to release, how we get out of it, and how we, you know, um, how we can stand up against anyone putting any curse about you or your generations or your family. You stand up in the gap. Maybe your spouse is not interested in listening to anything about this. Are you getting it? But you and I have the tools. And from the next, it's going to be the blessings and the way forward and how we come out. Take me to just one more scripture here and then we go to soulish prayers. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 2. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If anyone does this, I would put my hand up and say, yes, I've been a judge many times, judging other people. And then the Lord tells me, is it your job or my job? And he says, Lord, I'm sorry. But I have done it. And do we do it? The question here is yes or no? Yeah, so many times we judge others. Remember, we as believers have to be very careful about what we do because as we go closely into the way of holiness, we have the morning encounters, brothers have your powerful reflections and these powerful teachings that we learn and so many other things that you learn around the way uh, throughout different preachers and so many things that we learn. Many times your walk is the walk of holiness. The Holy Spirit is trying to make us, it's like peeling the onion, you see. Every peel, it comes out. And the onion, you get closer to that main part. So the Lord wants to ensure that every evil, anything that stands in the way of his blessing or judgment or his mercy um, or his grace that is there, be taken away. Because he loves us so much. And we've seen that in that example today. He stands up in the gap he himself goes and ensures that whatever curses Balaam had pronounced were actually broken and turned them into blessings. So you and I can stand up and say anything that is spoken evil against us will turn to a blessing. My God loves me. And I know that he died. He gave his son to die for me. Jesus died on the cross and became a curse of me. We're going to learn that 
it, with a series of prayers as well of how we make those confessions. And we'll also have a printed, I mean, we'll have this, I'm sure Sister Jane will write it out, the prayer that you can, and I can make. Whenever you feel you come under any pressure, just make that prayer. Okay? Amen. Um, it will be all part of this entire series. Okay? It's going to be practical, not just any theoretical. The last part of today's thing is soulish prayers. Now, many Christians are shocked when confronted with the harm they cause by speaking wrongly about themselves or other people. They are still more shocked, however, when confronted even greater harm they can be caused when they speak wrongly about others in their prayers to God. They assume that prayer is always acceptable and its effects are always good. Yet this view is not supported by the Bible. Now, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 9, we are warned. Can you take me that please? Book of Proverbs 28, verse 9. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs, and there is no peace. No, uh, 28 verse 9, not 29 verse 9. 28, Proverbs, book of Proverbs, chapter 28 verse 9. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. It's an abomination, abomination in my this. Now, it basically means strongest terms of disapproval is abom abom abomination, which is detestable. God has laid down in the Bible the principles of prayer that are acceptable to him. Anyone who ignores these principles and offers their prayer in, con in contrary to them, incurs God's displeasure and rejection of prayer. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered because of this. Because it's important for us to pray the right kind of prayers, we are we dare not depend on our own wisdom and make prayers. Mercifully, God has not left in us to our own devices. He has told us exactly and given us the Holy Spirit, whose basic very thing is to teach us how to pray. And we know in Romans 8, 26, 27, I'm not going there for want of time, but likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that we cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now this is when you pray in tongues, okay? So when you're praying in the Spirit, uh, this is how it happens there. And neither the Holy Spirit clearly know. In our very fleshly nature, all of us have certain weaknesses. Their weaknesses not of the body, but of the understanding. First, we often do not know what we should pray for. And secondly, even when we know what to pray for, we do not know how to pray for it. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And that's where you depend on the Holy Spirit. I want you to take me to one scripture here, brother. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18. Now, when we go to Holy Spirit for this, I want you to, um, all of us have clear, um, a, a deep understanding of Holy Spirit and um, He's with all of us and all have a different relationship. But I'm just getting to two parts. 
of how you can connect straight away to the Holy Spirit. Uh, 218. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Okay. Two conditions for acceptable praying are here combined here through Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. Each is essential. Okay, so you go to the Father through Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit make those prayers. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, again, we make this actually. Uh, it's another very powerful scripture underlying this in the Bible. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So only says pray in the Spirit. Okay, that's where it starts with. Only prayers prayed in the Holy Spirit can call down upon for those who pray, whom we pray for the help and encouragement that they need. How then we can help them take the Holy Spirit's help? Now, there are two primary requirements with the Holy Spirit. One is humility. And the second one, somebody can write it down, please. If you ever want the Holy Spirit involved in prayer, two important things, very critical. Immediately, the Holy Spirit is in. First one is humility. We humble ourselves and say, Lord, you take over. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sister. Second one of your prayer to connect the Holy Spirit is the purity of the motive. Can you write it down? There has to be a purity of the motive for you making that prayer. Yes, sister, thank you. Purity of the motive also is critical because the motive is purity. It's not just purity. The purity of the motive, why are you making that prayer? First, we must humble ourselves before the Holy Spirit and acknowledge our need of Him because Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. So unless your poverty in spirit, the purity of motive is yeah. So we need to understand that we depend and rely on the Holy Spirit. Without Him, we can't do it. We can't get that answered prayer. Okay, so we humble ourselves and we need Him. Are we getting this? Without Him, we can't get it. So then acknowledge our need for Him. Then we must allow Him to purge from us all the wrong motives and selfish attitudes and to inspire us with a sincere love and concern for those who we desire to pray for. A sincere heart and a pure motive. Does God look at the prayer or does he look at the heart? Question. When the Lord says, be like a child, what does he mean? Does a child pray from the heart? Suppose the parents or someone is not well and the, and the child is praying, Jesus, dear Jesus, I pray that you heal my mom or my dad. Bless them with a good job. Bless them with long life. Let them always have plenty. Now, is that with the purity of heart? A child making a prayer? Are we getting this? Two things to connect with the Holy Spirit. One is humility. We humble ourselves and say, Lord, Without you, Holy Spirit, I can't do anything. And I'll tell you one thing. 
when you start getting the humility you'll have tears coming down your eyes immediately because you know how the presence of god itself is so wonderful why does god love me so much i'm a sinner i have never done anything good for him but he loves me so much tears start coming you just flood yourself with tears and tears and tears now he'll purge you okay that's what will happen once you get into the state of humility and once we humble ourselves the holy spirit and we acknowledge our need for him then he must then we must allow him to purge us purge means remove those wrong motives when we are making prayers and selfish attitudes do we all have that and to inspire with sincere love a concern for the ones we are really praying so that's the purity of motive now my point is with the holy spirit if he is your prayer partner do you know i i always i know jesus that was the lord himself if you don't have the prayer partner who's your prayer partner thank you thank you jesus tears come in my eyes when i talk to the holy spirit because he's so real i want all of us to know we have so many sessions of anointing and you know it's so wonderful to have the holy spirit so beautiful thank you jesus so blessed that we have the holy spirit such a great gift god has given us um now my question is the prayers that the holy spirit inspires are not necessarily lengthy or eloquent god is not particularly impressed by fine phrases or solemn tone or voice or whatever effective phrase simple prayers that are prayed one simple line okay miriam who had been smitten by leprosy and in the book of numbers i just want to say moses, moses made this prayer yeah moses prayed for his sister miriam just take me to book of numbers 12 verse 13 when you pray in agreement in matthew 18 19 you and the holy spirit are one spirit praying say father i come in the name of jesus and me and holy spirit my prayer partner agree okay over this because the the motive is pure and we are both humble does that prayer get answered question yes So can you read this? Now Moses makes a prayer. He is praying for, you know, his sister has leprosy. So Moses cried out to the Lord, "Please, God, heal her." Okay, this was Moses making a prayer. Okay, this was just one line. But please, God, heal her. Now he didn't say. Now this is he quoted scripture. Went. This is the purity of heart. How healing takes place. God already knows our needs, but the purity of heart and the purity of the motive, and your humility to depend on God, is so critical. You know what the scripture that I used and in my this time's testimony, God had made me use Isaiah chapter fifty-five, verse eight and nine. Okay, to depend on Him completely, saying that Lord, I'm nothing. You are everything. Lord, take all of me and give me all of you. Just give it all to Him. Okay, give it all to Him. There's a beautiful hymn. Uh, Sabi, you remember this hymn called "Are You Tired of Chasing Pretty Rainbows?" Yes. Give them all to Jesus. Give them all to Jesus. Uh, you know, there's that's a beautiful hymn. Just when you give it, and once you go to the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, tears will flow like as of like a river. But remember, when you pray in tears, you're sowing to God. Okay, 
whatever you sow in tears as an answer prayer god just needs the heart i tell you all of us it's from the heart that prayers get answered not with lengthy lengthy prayers that you make one word with the holy spirit is an answer prayer so if you don't have anyone to pray with you just stand up because the holy spirit is real you got a real prayer partner thank you sister nasia nasia if you are making a prayer in the say your in your school and you may want to make a prayer just say holy spirit you are with me and we make a prayer to the father say heavenly father your word says in matthew 18:19 where two of us agree on earth agree on anything on earth it shall be done by my father in heaven that's what jesus said and today me and my prayer partner holy spirit both of us agree over this petition that i'm asking and i know in faith lord i come in the presence in hebrews 11:6 and i believe that and i thank you for this answer prayer thank you lord and thank you lord whenever you make a prayer for someone without a job whenever you're making a prayer for someone who's having a problem what you should do the first thing after you want when you made a prayer for the person who does not have a job what would you do anyone was praying for a person who not had a job what would you do after the prayer you would celebrate with the person and say congratulations i'm absolutely you got to live in the finished works of christ we as believers are called to live in the finished works of christ we should celebrate yeah go out go enjoy that's how you dance when the person see that's why people call us mad are you understanding because people live with their senses you and i live with what god has taught us is a big difference between a person living the sense knowledge and someone living as per you know the spirit because the spirit and the soul are totally in disagreement um so <clears throat> one thing that we pray uh, is soulish is it's a demonic way of praying when you pray for someone being a believer and you are making condemnation in that prayer are you understanding so you pray that something does not work well with somebody but you are saying lord see he has made he's done a sin and i pray lord that that person should not be blessed you think that you are making a prayer from the heart okay and that prayer may come to pass as well and you think you are righteous and you made that prayer but you are not prayed that prayer with right intentions it's done not from that's why you think the holy spirit is involved but it's actually coming from the soul there's a very thin line between the soul and the spirit uh one or two more scriptures and then we close please because oh, i know we've crossed this um we know james 3:15 talked about earthly soulish demonic many believers many preachers many times we just make prayers not realizing that we are praying against somebody 
what we are saying, Lord, see, look at the other person. He is that one in his life. Look at his problem. Look at him. He's prospering. He does not have God. Still he's doing well. Lord, teach him a lesson. Bring him down, Lord. Let him come down to earth. Let them also understand how, you know, when this, are we understanding? You are thinking you're taking God's name and you're praying. But that prayer is not from the heart. It's a soulish prayer, which is demonic, antichrist. Okay. Uh, quickly, brother, take me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 to 6, and one more scripture, and then we'll close in prayer. Sorry, if we're going two or three minutes more. Quickly grasp this up. Next week, um, we are going to start the next series, the blessing part, from curse to blessing. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just want to ask one big question quickly, if you can answer quickly. Giving thanks at the beginning of a prayer has an important psychological effect. It definitely creates a positive attitude in the one, the one who is praying. Now, when you start, exactly when you start, at least with all our sessions, we use and herald the power of our word in Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. What are we saying? That every word that leaves our mouth will only come answered. That's it. In Jesus' name, it's Amen. And Amen is already answered. Now, when you pray with a positive, knowing that at the start itself, that your prayer is already answered, that every word that is going to leave my mouth, Lord, is an answer prayer today. Every word that has left my mouth is answered. So what happens then? Now, when you're making a prayer, you're operating in faith straight away. Okay. So it's important that in soulish prayers, what really happens here is uh, that is the power of prayer based on positive appreciation and thanks for thanksgiving. Uh, for all for all that is good in a person. But suppose a person not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and had continued to pray in a negative, condemning spirit. Are we getting this part? Okay. Could his prayer still have an effective but in the opposite direction? Question mark here. And could he not have brought his upon his fellow servants such a heavy burden of condemnation that might he might never have been able to rise above it. Now, many Christians, to a great extent, being part of sometimes prayer groups, feel that spiritual heaviness. You feel that guilt, or sometimes you feel unworthy being part of a prayer group also. Yet, uh, you would not know and not being able to express or explain these feelings that you're going through. Why should we feel guilty going to a prayer meeting or being part of a prayer group? Okay. Sometimes you could get misguided by people who are also believers. Because if it's not from the Lord, 
it is not from the Lord, period. And it's a warning sign that many times if you go to a prayer or or some area where there is guilt that is coming up, when you are part of it, you don't feel, you know, don't feel that, you feel that spiritual heaviness that is there. Then this is a result of soulish prayers that are being made because that whole thing becomes negative. Do we get this? That whole atmosphere stands up to be negative. So when people are condemning each other, Christ died for us. He interceded for us. And this is very clear. We know that who will charge come against us in Romans 8, 33, 34, it says, who will bring any charge against those whom Christ has chosen? It is God who justifies and it is he who condemns. Christ who died for us more than that, who was raised to life, it is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Romans 8, 33, 34. Jesus knows our faults and definitely knows his intercession on our behalf does not result in our condemnation, but in our justification. He does not establish our guilt, but our righteousness. Our intercession is for our fellow believers should follow some pattern and we should not hear to condemn other people or, or making our scripture, which is not scriptural. Now, many times we could be making prayers for other people with a wrong spirit in us. Uh, a simple example, quickly to close, is if a person is blessed with a powerful gift, a gift of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, or a very powerful gift of healing, or gift of miracles, and you don't have that gift, but remember, we are body of Christ. All of us are equal. None of us are greater or lesser. The head can't say I'm greater than the leg, or the leg can't say I'm greater. Everyone plays their part. So in the body of Christ. But if we are a little jealous, or we are not operating out of the right spirit, what will happen? They could be using condemnatory prayers or prayers that are soulish, prayers that are not intended for the good, but prayers that are meant because you want to condemn or you feel that jealousy or you're praying with that spirit of jealousy. You may be a believer, but if you're not making prayers that are directed by the Holy Spirit, then that spirit is not the spirit of God. Are we getting this? So this is what a soulish prayer is. And this is when you make a soulish talk you're speaking idle words, gossiping out of people, character assassinating people without even knowing the truth. But that's how you enjoy over someone. They, they come strictly under God's judgment. Uh, with this, we close into the curses part of our teaching. From the next part, we go into the blessings. Now, there'll be a series of steps in the blessings as well, just as we went to set curses. And at the end, we will go through that part where we will move out of the any curse in our area of life, be it from ancestry, will move from that into the blessings. Okay, so let's close in prayer. If you're being blessed by these powerful teachings uh, and morning ref encounters, reflections, please share this with others. Okay, uh, I just want to thank the Lord today for a prayer of gratitude. And Brother Savi, can you repeat after me? Dear God. Dear God. Today, I want to express my infinite gratitude to you. Today, I want to express my infinite gratitude. Thank you for giving me the beautiful gift of life. Thank you for giving me the beautiful gift of life. For granting me health and strength. For granting me health and strength. And for always being by my side. And for always being by my side. 
guiding me guiding me blessing me blessing me and filling my life with your wonderful presence and filling my life with your wonderful presence thank you dear heavenly father thank you dear heavenly father for listening to my prayers for listening to my prayers and for all the wonderful things you have you will do for me and for all the wonderful things you will do for me with your beautiful hand supporting me with your beautiful hand supporting me no evil shall overshadow me no evil shall overshadow me no jealousy shall defeat me no jealousy shall defeat me no trial shall overcome me no trial shall overcome me for it is only you for it is only you who fills my days with joy who fills my days with joy i believe that you will bring to fulfillment i believe that you will bring to fulfillment the blessings you have spoken over my life the blessings that you have spoken over my life in jesus mighty name i make this prayer in jesus mighty name i make this prayer god's people say amen thank you thank you brother chevin if you're being blessed please share this with others please invite one person next time because we are moving from curses to blessing that's going to be a powerful transformation for the ones that you know uh who would come from next time just get one person if you can i'm saying it's going to be a powerful series and this is going to be changed you'll start seeing it when you come only for the next time you'll start seeing the release for many of us including myself we'll all go through this together okay god bless you all and please share this with everyone thank you very much brother savio and everyone good night brothers good night thank everyone. you brother thank you brother eric bye